0: I'd like you to turn with me to your uh, your Bibles, and we're gonna to go to the book of Proverbs, and we're gonna uh, chapter four, and I just want to begin to read to you just this portion of scripture. It's three verses, and it just says, "My children, pay attention to what to what I say." And this one says, "Listen carefully to my words." How many of you have had conversation? Fleshing men with your wives, and your wives go. You know you were there, but you weren't. Come on, I, I knew you. would preach back to me on that one. You're just not listening. It's like sometimes as men, we can have that look. We're there, but in our eyes, we're really not there. It's kind of like that fog. And, and, and what he's saying in the scripture here is saying this: Listen. It means get, this is something you need to get. You, you need to be. Be aware of you need to be you need to be really getting this, and this is what it says. It says it says don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate. He says, listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. It says this says guard your heart. What does it say to do your heart? Guard your heart above all else, for it determines. The course of your life. You know, I was thinking about it, and we're going to talk about this morning is really your heart. And as I was going through this, and uh, there was a guy named William Harvey back in the 1600s, and he, he brought about the revolution of, you know, of, of medical knowledge that he, he discovered that blood is pumped by the heart and circulates through your whole body. And what happened is... Circulate it does, but the crazy thing is for for once every 60 seconds, listen to this, your blood travels through 70,000 miles of veins, arteries, and capillaries. To do this, your heart beats approximately 100,000 times every single day. An average of two and a half billion times throughout the whole day. Think about that. And so Bible Solomon wrote the book of Proverbs and he's saying this, keep your heart, Solomon says, for out of it, he says, are the issues of life, not the, you know, uh, philosophy or philosophically, he's saying, but spiritually, he said, the problem that we have as people is that the, the problem we have today is really is just, is, that we have is, is we, have, we have spiritual, spiritual heart disease. What do you mean, Pastor Bubba? Matthew chapter 15, I'm going somewhere, I promise. We're on the Travel Channel, all right? Y'all with me? Okay. It's so way i Matthew 15, he says, for from the heart come evil thoughts. Let me, let me, before I go on, how many of you have ever just read your Bible, you're going to go pray, and all of a sudden you have some of the most vile thoughts come to you when you're trying to be spiritual with God? Okay, four of you. Okay, y'all pray for me. Because, see, there's times when I've gone, and I'm reading my Bible, I'm studying, I'm wanting to get a word, and I don't just read to get a word. I, I read because I have a relationship with Jesus, and I love him, and it's not about to get another message, and so that's why I read. Uh, but, you know, it's like sometimes I can have the most vile, wicked thoughts come into my mind. In the middle of while I'm just trying to seek God, and says just and the issues. But, see, I believe this. There's thoughts that wander toward God, and there's thoughts that wander away from God. And the thoughts that leave no room for God lead to evil, lead, lead, lead to sin, lead to selfishness or pride. But what, what I'm saying here is that he's saying this, he says, comes from the heart. He says, murder, adultery, all, all sexual immorality, theft, lying, and slander, these are what defile you. You know, think about it. From murder to blasphemy, evil originates in the heart. You know, there, there's a portion of Scripture in Deuteronomy, and I just want to read a little bit this morning of it. And it's in Deuteronomy chapter 1. And what's happening is the children of Israel are fixing to go into the promised land, and God's speaking to Moses, and he's reminded of the promises he's given before. And he says, look, I'm given all this land to you. Go in and occupy it. For it is the land that God swore to give to your ancestors, Abraham. And if you don't know the story of Abraham... I've read the last couple weeks, I've read through the book of Genesis and Exodus, and now I'm in the book of Leviticus and just been reading. And actually, I've been listening and reading. I've been putting my earphones in my my ears, and it's kind of crazy when you listen to the words, and I've been doing walks, and, and sometimes when you listen, it makes it become more alive. I encourage you to do that. You've never done that. And and you have you version. You have all the different versions. You can listen, listen to it as you're walking and praying. And he says, and then Abraham, he went to Abraham and he went in Genesis. He says, Abraham, see the stars. He says, Your descendants are going to be greater than that. But the problem is Abraham didn't even have one son. He said, your ancestors are going to be like this. And and we know that God gave him Isaac, which means laughter, because when Sarah found out she was pregnant at 90 years old and Abraham was 100, can you imagine what the talk would be in Crowley if Momo Tuchet, who's 90 years old, got pregnant? Would that be the talk of this region? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He said, Paul, Poo, oh, you bad little boy. Bad. <laughs> the Bible says, listen, the Bible says he was good as dead. That means God did something in the tent. Spiritual Bible, I don't know. But what happened, the Bible says he was good as dead. He, he impregnated her. And when God told him that she was dead, to, he laughed inside. And when she, and when he told her she was going to be the mother, what happened is she laughed. And God said, look, look. And so they named him laughter. That's what Isaac means, laughter. And Jacob. And see what happens is he tells us, and into all your descendants, Moses continued, At that time, I told you, you are too great of a burden for me to carry all by myself. The Lord your God has increased your population, making you as numerous as the stars. And I love this this is the word. And may the Lord, the God of your ancestors, multiply you a thousand times more and bless you as, you prom- as he promised. How many want the blessings of God in your life? I'm going to give you another <laughs> chance. How many of you want the blessings of God in your life? How many of you want God to be with you?
1: Amen.
0: You know, God never leaves you or forsakes you, as the Bible says. Even when you're faithless, God remains faithful. Isn't that incredible? You can use this as point You see, what happens is, in here, when, so what happens is, your blessings are not behind you. Your breast and your greatest days are ahead of you. I believe that. You see, you got to guard your heart because that's where all the blood runs through your heart. Your natural heart. How, and let me ask you, what? how is your heart? You know that every heartbeat matters? Aren't you glad that you don't have to go beat heart, beat, beat? beat. Oh, I forgot, you know, like, he fainted, he forgot to tell his heart to run. But we don't think, but you know, every heartbeat matters. You have to guard your heart. You know that there are many giants that are after your heart? There's many things that in this world that are going after your heart and in fact there are things that want to blind you and there's some things that want to mar your eyesight or get in front of you to cause a distraction see the enemy if he can't keep you loving god he'll try to keep you busy are you hearing me and so what happens is this distraction and so what happens there's giants out there for your time your talents your treasure for your moments, for your intimacy with your children. There's all those different times and the the enemy always wants I believe this, you're no greater than your prayer life. None of us are. And that's why we need to guard that moment. We need to guard that time. We need to guard those times. And the Bible, you know, and and, and when you look at the Bible there's so many things it says in your heart. But I believe this, not only do you need to guard, you need to protect your heart. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. Haven't you ever said something where would that come from? from your heart. Can I just make a confession to you? I feel a confession coming you. This past week I was washing my truck and, and it had finished raining and I, it's always nice when you, I mean it has a little drizzle You you go wash your truck and the sun's down and you're not excited. So I did all of that and I dried it in my garage and, and right before I did that this guy and he actually He's a children's pastor in Jennings, and I'm not going to tell you what church. And he drives by, and he splashes dirty water on my truck. And the first thought is coming out of my mouth. I'm not going to tell you what I was thinking. You low down, dirty, y'all don't even feel the Holy Ghost. That's your problem, amen. And I'm like, I'm mad. And in my mind, there's some things, some thoughts coming through my mind, and I said, "You'll never be a senior pastor. You'll always be a children's pastor because you're so... you? I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm just you. You're stuck." And then I heard, and then I heard him get out his car, and he and his wife are carrying on, and they kind of, they're kind of arguing a little bit, and they seem like they're in haste. And then I realized after that, I, this was convicted me. I'm thinking I'm going to go over there and I'm going to tell them something. I'm going to go over there and just say, hey "Girl, you know what? You know why people aren't becoming Christians because people like you that represent the king say they represent the kingdom. And they splash wa- dirty water on clean pastor's drugs.
1: <laughs>
0: but you know what I was convicted by? A year of that day he had lost his seven-year-old son. And then he was like, I went from mad to repentance to conviction. And that's why, you know, sometimes we don't know what people have gone through or what they're going through. And we're in our moment. How many I'm talking about? When we get in our little moment, someone cuts us off at the Walmart line. Someone cuts us off. I mean, you know, I mean, sometimes you just got to learn to protect your heart. So you have to have heart health so you don't have a heart attack. Amen? Amen? See, if your heart is healthy... Your ministry to your family, your ministry to your friends, your ministry to your co-workers, your ministry to people will be healthy. If you learn to protect and guard your heart, you know what? If your heart is not healthy, it can affect your whole body. Matthew says it like this. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. See, God works from the inside out. It's not how we look on the outside that matters, it's what God is doing on the inside of us. And so this morning, I want to talk to you about four, I want four things that come out of an unhealthy heart. Here's the first one. The first thing that comes out of an unhealthy heart is a jealous heart. Hello, I'm in the right church this morning, okay? A jealous heart. You see, what do you mean, Pastor? It's, it's, it's motivated by fear and insecurity. People that walk in insecurity walk in the spirit of jealousy. Or people that walk in, I'll give you an example, a biblical example, Cain and Abel. Remember when Cain and Abel were going to give their offerings and Cain brought the very acceptable offering of the Lord. It was a blood sacrifice. It was not just what was left over. It was the best. And the Bible says that Cain was jealous of Abel's offering. But what happened is, and the Bible says that God said, hey, Cain, get a grip on your heart. Get a grip. He said, because sin is crouching at your door. He basically said, watch your heart, son. And what he did, he didn't allow the conviction of the Holy Spirit to come inside of him. He, He kind of pushed that aside, and he did his own thing. And we know that he went out to a field, and he took his brother's life. But it was motivated out of insecurity. It was motivated out of jealousy. And the way you overcome jealousy is you learn to celebrate with other people. You know, you just celebrate with them. You know, what do you mean, Pastor Bubba? I mean, when I came to Jennings, that was some 15 years ago, I had a couple of pastors that didn't want me to come to Jennings. One pastor called me on the phone. He said, "Bob, what are you doing moving to Jennings? They have enough churches in Jennings. And I said, well, and he said, uh, I said, well, you know, Pastor so-and-so, I've been sent there. And, we go, and he goes, and he goes, well, are you called? And I go, well, let me ask you a question. What's the difference of being called and sent you know, if God sent me, and it's God, it's going to be a blessing, and God will touch people's lives. But if it was me, you know, if, if, it, if it's successful, it was God. If it fails, it's still going to be good. Listen to me. Bad things don't happen to people. You know, like people go, Pastor Bubba, you know, they, let me just take a little sideline. I'm going to come back to the message, okay? There's people that say sometimes, like, I'm going through cancer, and people go, like, you must have done something wrong. There must be sin in you. There must be something that God wants to bring. You're being punished. How I many of you have heard people say that? It's sick. Or you know what? When you look at the Bible, sometimes it's not about being punished. It's about sometimes it's about people that are doing everything right. You look at Paul's life. How I many of you know that he was kind of close to God? Shipwrecked, beaten, torn asunder. You know what I mean? Accused falsely by his brethren. I mean, we can go down the list. I'm not saying I've always done everything right. I'm not saying that. But you know what? I believe that sometimes we have to watch our heart. You see, the second thing is, it's a competitive heart. What does that mean? You try to up one on people. You know? It's not, can I, can I just say, it's not how strong I preach today or, you know, you know, how many of y'all running over there? That's preacher talk. Running? What do you mean Running? How many people y'all got? People want to measure success and how many people show up on Sunday. You know, the greatest success we have is not what you show up on Sunday, it's what you do during the week and how you allow God to grow your personal life. You know, I had a lady, she said, you know, Pastor, you know, I love you. I love the church. I visited Jennings and Crowley, but the Lord really spoke to us. And, you know, we're going to be going to this church in Lafayette. And I just said, and she. She private messaged me, and I said, hey, that's great. It's a great church. Here's my advice. Get involved. Don't just show up on Sunday and sit on your blessed assurance and say, everything's fine, and Jesus is mine. It's really what you do when you walk out of here that really matters. Because real life is getting involved with other people. How I mean, You know, that can be messy sometimes. I'm either going to start preaching louder or y'all need to say amen once in a while. Because I'm not feeling insecurity because I'm going to go. I'll just preach longer. Okay? And and, and because, see, I'm used to people pulling out hankies sometimes. We give up guys too. I hear amens. And and so I'm just trying to help y'all. I'm kind of like Papa in the house. Okay? And so what happens is it's not... It's not to be competitive with people because it's not about how many people we run or how many campuses we have. You overcome by partnering with people. It's partnership. You overcome by partnership. That I partner with people. You know, and then the third thing that you've got to watch for is a selfish heart. And see, you talk about others negatively. If you're uncomfortable with who you are, others will be comfortable with you too. You see... It's based, a selfish heart is based on pride. Nobody wants to follow, follow or be with someone who thinks they're better or they're right all the time and, than everybody else. See, I believe this a selfish heart is based on pride. You overcome it by having a generous heart. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Are y'all with me? The next thing is a critical What do you mean? You know, you always find and with others. You don't just—they don't just measure up to your standard. Have you ever been around people that they constantly criticize other people, and they just don't measure up to their standard? That's called a critical heart. People don't want to be—you know—I don't want to be rained on by someone who sees clouds around all my silver linings. You know, one thing I've learned is if you're gonna be negative and you're gonna visit me in the hospital, don't come tell me all the bad. Or, you know, your uncle had what I have, and you—he died. Mm-hmm. Good, get out of my room. <laughs> you know, it's amazing. I had someone in my family said I thought you were gonna. I thought. I thought I. I thought I'd go before you, but I'm sorry, you're gonna have to go before me. And I thought, my mind—I'm gonna do your funeral. <laughs> With a spirit of joy. Amen. You see, we rely on God's power and not people's or man's methods. We rely on God's power, not what we did and what we've done before, but what God's able to do in our now. See, brokenness involves removing inappropriate pride and selfish reliance. And building a healthy God reliance. He said, "God, my dependence is not on what my surroundings say or what people say. If I listen, if I did everything that people said or by my surroundings, I wouldn't be anywhere today. And neither would you. And listen, none of you got." Anywhere by yourself, there was other people that provoked you, that helped you, that helped you along, gave you a word, encouraged you, built your faith, provided something that you needed, and that you were able to walk through something. Life is filled with trade-offs. You see, the way you overcome a critical heart is by learning to give thanks for the other people that are in your life. Amen.
1: Because
0: see, let me just say this. In my family you don't know me, my wife is smart. I mean, very smart. Super smart. I mean, she could have gone to medical school, all of that stuff. Me, I carried her bag.
1: <laughs> okay, I barely got through school. I got kicked out of more schools. By the time I
0: graduated high school, I'd been to 15 different schools. I'd been to Catholic school, Episcopal school, private school, discipline school. <laughs> summer school. When it wasn't cool. All those different things. But you know what? And my wife made a logical decision to follow Jesus because she knew that she needed to. Now, when it comes to good, she was good. But she was lost. You see, Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make people that are spiritually dead alive. And I was spiritually dead. And I, can't, I had to come to a revelation that, you know what, I need a change, and I've done my best, and this is where it's gotten me. I got caught with drugs, all these different things. And it was a disappointment my senior year at Our Lady of Fatima before it became St. Thomas More. I got caught two weeks two weeks before I graduated with drugs, so, and I already sent out all my invitations. And I was the oldest grandchild on one side, and so I had to call everybody and say, don't come to my graduation. But you know the greatest thing is? I had a grandmother that she didn't criticize, she didn't get, she just, she prayed. And when she started praying, she goes, oh, God, make that no a whole pen. And it's not a lie. And I'm standing here today because I'm a product of broken hearts, prayers, and the faithfulness of someone getting up and going, I know where my heart needs to be. It doesn't need to be negative. It doesn't need to listen to bad reports. It doesn't need to follow the crowd. I don't want to swim. I don't want to float downstream with all the dead fish. I want to swim against the current of what everything tells me, like a live fish, going for where God has called me to go. And I'm a product of that. I can remember as Zach being a baby when he was a little boy and holding him in my arms. And him and I, I used to take him in a little red wet, wet wagon and I'd go do my prayer times and I used to pray over him. and Lily, I, I would just put my hands over his head. He didn't know what the heck was going on. And I pray. I said, oh, God, I don't, I don't care if you make him a preacher. That's not what's important. But, God, I want him to be violently filled with the power of your Holy Spirit. And, God, I want him to, I want him to have a musical vein. Because I, I didn't have that. The only thing I can play is a goose call and a duck call. I'm gonna do that pretty good. <laughs> but he has a musical vein. He has a creative vein that I don't have. And I don't get jealous of that. I celebrate that. Yeah. Are you hearing me? Yeah. I mean, he's had offers to go work for Discovery Channel and all these different things doing film and editing and blah, blah, blah. But there was a word that was given to him by Pastor Jim that one day that those things aren't going to be. That's not going to be your primary call. And so as a daddy, I'll just say that I'm proud of Zach and Claire and what you guys have. Y'all to be just the most thankful people in all the proud. See what we had is we sent the best that we had to this city. Zach and Fear the best we had to be able to send. Amen. And so there's four ways to keep your heart healthy. And this is what I want to talk to you about today. The first way is you got to have Jesus. Stay in love with Him. You got to stay. You know, well, that's real simple. No, you got to stay in love. How many of you know if you stay in love with your mate, that means that you need to have some together moments. Any married people here? Okay, how many of you know it just don't happen? I mean, you got to stir the coals in the fire to make it. Lord, I need to do a marriage seminar over here. I can see it right now. I can feel it. Okay? See, what happens is, I mean, you got to stoke the coals. I mean, my bones, when I'm old, and me and Miss Tracer walking down in uh, Lafayette or Lake Charles Mall, and, and no one's looking around, look, just pat her little booty and rub it, and go, Hey, honey. <laughs> It's not just about that, but I want passion. She's the greatest gift that God's given me on the face of the earth. The greatest gift, you understand, besides Jesus is my wife. And, and then I want that to say, and with Jesus, I, I need to have regular meetings with him. I need to spend time with him. I don't want to fall in love. And you know, it's like the thing I remember, I remember my wedding day. It'll be 31 years on August 4th, 1984, is when I got married at 1 o'clock. I remember, I remember that, because I remember walking out of the aisle, down the aisle of Tacoma, Washington, and going, I got my bride, and the rapture hadn't come, I'm going to heaven happy, because <laughs> I didn't want the barn to go, doo, 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 doo. Jesus is coming back, oh, God, anyway, that's all nother that story, but it's a lifelong commitment to follow it's to follow wisdom requires a change of heart. How many of you can say this, that you had stupid written on your forehead before you met Jesus? And you follow people that had the same thing written on their forehead? You know? And then we just follow people doing stupid things They didn't even know why, but because we just lean that way because we didn't care what was in our heart. But what happens, you had a revelation of love. And the greatest force in the entire universe is the love of God. And when it comes to you and you see it, you sense it, you feel it, you hear it, or you see some kind of situation in your circumstance in your life, and you see what God did for that person, or you, see, you hear a testimony, and a testimony just means a story. You've been through a test, and they got a story to tell of God's faithfulness, and all of a sudden you go, wow, that was God. If God can do that for them, can He do it for me? It's not falling out of love with him. See, when your heart is full of fear and anxiety, you know, what should you do? Can I just tell you what to Look to Jesus. There's a portion of Jesus where the disciples are kind of freaking out in Matthew 14, and Jesus shows up and says, Be of good cheer. It is I. Underdog is here. No. Anyway, they're all your underdog fans. He says, Be of good cheer, for it is I. The I am showed up. And can I tell you something? When you feel like he's not there, sometimes the greatest prayer you can ever pray is God. Help. Help. Help! See, I just say this. Don't live in a prison of discouragement. Faith frightens the devil. What do you mean? The church is a local expression of the presence of Jesus. See, what happens is what the devil wants to do, and I don't want to give him a lot of attention, he wants to put fear in your heart. Haven't you know fear and faith just don't go together? What happens is when you follow Jesus and you've been around him a while, all of a sudden something happens, it clicks inside of you. You go, wait a minute, I've been walking this way, and all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute. And sometimes as Christians we have amnesia what God did for us before. And what happens is, I like to call it the karate kid experience, when you get discouraged, you get down, you, you don't know where to go, and all of a sudden, God shows up, and it's like, Mr. Miyagi, and you're frustrated, I don't want to do this anymore. And he looks at the first karate kid, and he goes, wait, hey, Daniel san <laughs> He goes, and he's says, he's like, wait, you use me. you help me wax on your cars, wax them up, And he's mad, he's like, you just use me, Mr. Miyagi. They just can't. He goes, oh, no, Daniel San. What All of a sudden the revelation came in. Wait a minute, all those times I've been reading the Bible and all those times I've been spending time with him and I forgot who I was and what I was doing and the purpose of my life, all of a sudden something rises up inside of you and it's called faith and you go. And what happened is, uh, the last two weeks of his life, everybody goes, ah, oh, at And Liesl, his daughter, who was in my youth group. She said, Pastor Bubba, the last two weeks of his life, he'd just wake up. And all of a sudden, he'd, start, he'd get up in his bed, they'd take his legs, he'd sit up in his bed, and he'd raise his hands, and he would start singing as loud as he could to Jesus. And he'd just go, praise you, Jesus. She said he'd go on for hours like that. And see, he, a lot of people, he went all there, but you know what? His spirit was there. Amen. And I don't know what he was seeing, but I guess he was seeing Jesus, and he was worshiping the very thing that he put inside of his life. And see, let me ask you a question. The, is the most important thing in your life, is, that, is it your personal relationship with God? You need to stay in love with Jesus, because it doesn't become about religion when you get to know Jesus. It becomes about Him. And when people get off into religion and all those different, listen, methods and religion doesn't change people. But our personal, intimate relationship with the power of God living your life changes everything. Mm-hmm. And the second thing that I want you to know is that you need to keep your heart healthy as you need to have a generous heart. When it, this should be our DNA. We're, f- we're free to give. You and I are running a marathon and not a sprint. Do You understand that? Life is like a You prepare yourself. I run, and I don't run right now. walk because what's going on in my body, they won't let me run. But she said, you're going to be able to run in a couple weeks, folks. So I'm fixing to have a revival in my legs. But in my age group, I've run different 5Ks. I've come out I come out in the top five in my age group. I mean, the Rice Run, I came out, and I'm, I see a pride getting me right now. I can finish, I'll just shut up. But anyway, I finish, uh, finish in the top five. I think it was last, last time around 15 out of 500 people. So for my size, my legs move quick. But what happens is practice doesn't make things perfect. Practice makes things permanent. If you have a generous heart and you practice it, it will be a permanent thing in your life. You see, I've learned this. Learn to buy meals for people sometimes. Pay for gas. Always give more than you're asked. I remember we did a series one time called A Spirit of Generosity, where we met Pastor Josh and I went around with a camera, and we were piggly-wiggly, and people would come out of the checkout line, and we bought their groceries. And people go, what? No! Well, I'll give the, I'll give the check. No, that's okay. <laughs> uh, we had one at the uh, tobacco Plus right there in Jennings. We were buying gas. This lady, she, we bought her gas. We filled it up, she, and, and she had given like her, her, her son a $10 bill she goes, hey Lee, bro, get back in with that $10 bill. Make yeah. it
1: feel bogastic. God. God bless you.
0: It's a spirit of generosity. It's not just money. There's a girl that my wife led to the Lord two weeks ago. She visited a church and she and somehow one of the ladies was counseling her and she 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 called me and my wife. This thing, my girl, just comes on, she came and sat down with Tracy. And Tracy ended up, my wife ended up leading her to the Lord. She's like 28, two children, her husband and her. She, she was saying, you know, I thought when I got married that my husband would meet all my needs. And, you know, that doesn't happen. And she said, I thought I was supposed to meet all his needs. And my wife goes, my goes, well, you know what, you can't, you can't, he can't meet all your needs and you can't meet all his needs. The only one that can meet your needs is Jesus. Meet, and she goes, "Do you believe he's your savior?" She goes, "He's my savior." And she, my wife, goes, "Has he been your lord?" She goes, "He hasn't been my lord." And they so just prayed, and she gave a, her heart uh, to the Lord. And Josh told me I, to this morning just, when I was talking on the phone, no phone, to phone, see phone. See "He said, he goes that girl. She texted me oh, she because when, sure. when, when she visited the first time. She wanted to text and reply.'" Yeah. And he said, saying she goes, you know what? The three weeks that it's I've been going to our Savior's Church, God has helped me grow more than my, in my entire life.'" spiritually than I've ever grown before. Because see, even what Mike was saying in, when y'all were taking the tithe and offerings, it's not about just your money, it's about your time and your talents. Can you give your time away? How I many of you giving your time away is inconvenient? It's, it's having a generous heart. You know, And you, when you're generous, you know what you do? You unlock issues and it opens God's generosity. Life begins when a person learns to give their faith away to others. You know you what know my life mission is my life vision is, my personal life, is to make others more successful than me. What do you mean? Do you think if I have a son that's a pastor here at this campus that I want him to be as successful as me? You've been smoking crack if you think that. I want him to be way more successful. Way more than I could ever be. Why? What parent doesn't wish that on their children? Amen. Amen. I love it. Eli's uh, Eli's pastor in training. Zach was telling me he was carrying my Bible. I tell him is, he's going to be a pastor in training and all that. So I'm, I'm just excited because I remember when Zach was in pastor in training. Number three, the, fir- the third thing to watch your heart. You got to have a heart of honor. We need a culture of honor. We need to revive. We need to rever and respect. And to learn to elevate people that are in a position of honor. What do you mean, Pastor Baba? You need to learn to honor authority. How many of you know that in our country, you just see things. You honor. You just honor. You honor their office. You might not agree with everything they do. You may have your opinion. But I promise you, if the president showed up, we would honor him. Are you hearing me? Because of his office. You know, you need to honor your pastor. You need to honor Claire's wife. You need to honor up, you need to honor down, you need to honor to the side, you need to honor everywhere. You see, always honor people. Believe the best for people. I've learned this. I can learn from anybody, anytime, anywhere, anyhow. Because the McCann has it. not arrived.
1: I think it has a loose connection. So God
0: puts people, listen, let me just give you an inside scoop on God. Sometimes God puts the right person in your life, at your job to get the devil out of you so heaven comes. Amen. The whole time you go, Lord, borrow. God's going, oh, no, no, no I'm fulfilling a purpose. My purpose is in your life. life. I mean, you had your children so I brought you this world I'm going to take you out? You felt that. Yeah. One of the greatest things that, you know, when, when Zach was just Introducing me and sharing, he didn't have to say all that, but it was just, it was honor. It's honor. Just learn to honor. You know, there may be a pastor here in this town. They didn't come to our church, he's in another church. We might not believe everything they believe, but my, you know, my position is to honor him. To honor someone. Not to tear them down. Think that I'm better or that I've got the, you know. The latest and greatest. You know, how I do mean, you know this? If everybody decides to show up in Crowley, there's not enough theaters and churches for everybody to come to church on Sunday morning. Right. Are y'all with me? Yeah. Here's the last thing
1: yeah.
0: it's always about the one, and you got to guard it? that we are aware of people and we're aware of our surroundings. You know? I preached a message a couple weeks ago in Jennings, and it was just a real, it really impacted me just about being aware. And you know that right now, are you aware in this city right now, there's a mom crying for a son? There's a daddy praying for a daughter. There's a young teenage girl that may have graduated, but she has no direction. So instead of looking for direction, she's cutting herself. You know that last night there was people that in this area that were fighting so much that they began to use the word divorce. And their kids overheard them. And their kids got in their faces. No, I'm not gonna live with either one of you. You know, in this city, there's pain. You know, in this city, in this region, there are people that, that are lonely. There are people that got bad news and they don't have any faith. They don't know where to go, what to do, how they're going to get out of it. You need to learn to listen. And count some people back that are walking in brokenness to where they find wholeness in Jesus. It's always about the one. What do you mean, Pastor Brother? Here, let me give you some simple things. You know, you know sometimes a call can work? Hey man. I was just thinking about you. Pray for you. How's things going, man? Simple text. A note. You know what a note is? You remember we used to write notes? A note. One of the coolest things I get when I've gone out of country or gone minister somewhere else, and I pack my suitcase, in my and my wife put a note when I don't see. Put a note in my suitcase. She'll put something in there, and I'm not going to tell you it's too proud. I'm missing her. I'll start missing her but anyway. It's a note. It's always about the one. Satan always attacks heart is at the point of your greatest gifting. Many times, you know. Here, Let's do a survey. Where are you at? How do you know that passion comes from your heart? Listen, whatever you're passionate about, you're going to talk about it. Yesterday, I was at my niece's uh, birthday party, and it was my brother and another guy that we know, and we're all hunters. And so, guess what? We start talking about. Honey, we were hunting in the summer. We can't hunt anything, but we were talking about it because we're passionate about it. You know. And the question the question is, is what are you passionate about? Out of, the, out of the overflow of your heart, God blesses. Be faithful to check your heart health. Be faithful to check the health of your heart on a regular basis. Believing a lie just empowers the liar. Amen? Yeah. Let, let me just say this: heaven's filled with perfect confidence and peace. While this world is filled with Chaos and mistrust of God. Heaven's not worried. We always reflect the nature of the world we are most aware of. Are there? you know what? If you're walking in fear, you're in that nature. But if you're walking and standing in faith, you're in that nature. Am I making sense here? You see, it's hard to see you, so I don't see the whites of your eyes. So I'm just, you know what? And this is what I want. This is what I want to happen this morning. I don't want anything to happen. You know what I want? I want you to experience God's grace, the grace of God. You know, uh, it's not it's not my ability, but my response to God's ability that counts, and it's for all of us. You know, some of us we just need to plant our plant our, anchor, our anchors deep in God. What is the that, anchor? Mm-hmm. That's your faith. You just need to pray your faith these see that you know God. How do you know God's good? Amen. No matter what you're going through, God's good. Amen. No matter what news you get, is God good? Amen. No matter if you get criticized, is God still good? Yes. No matter if you got a curve on your, your, your foot this morning, you don't feel like walking, God's good, isn't He? Amen. If you gained 10 pounds last year, God's still good because He provided the food you. Eight, get the anyway, just. you see that you know God's good no matter what you're going through. When I first the first time I ever found out that I had cancer, the first thing I did, I got on my knees and I go, God, I trust you. I trust you because the same God that delivered me is the same God that can heal me, and it's the same God that'll be with me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He's the same God. And then God's going to respect the person. So whatever you're going through, God's with you. No matter what. And I just want to get on a raster and swing or do something this morning. My ADV's kicking in. Don't isolate yourself in crisis times. Don't get like a roly-poly. <laughs> it's the time to be open. It's the time to be real. Don't Don't isolate you. You never receive what you refuse to pursue. Can I say that again? You never receive what you fail to pursue. See, if you need God, you better be pursuing him. If you want some things, some keys to unlock what you're going through, you need his word inside of you. You need his spirit to be in you. You need to be able to face darkness and go, you know what? Because I believe this. The darker the dark, the lighter the light. And the bright of the light it shines. You see, God wants to do more than set you free. He wants to establish you. What do you mean, Pastor Baba? God wants to establish you. That you're someone to be reckoned with. See, I believe this. Faith sees the invisible, it believes the unbelievable, and it receives the impossible. Can I say that again? That was pretty good. You gotta write it down. Faith sees invisible. You see, faith is all about, it's not what we see. But you understand me? It's not what we see. If we believe then believe unbelievable, What everybody else go, that's un- that, No way. And it receives the. See, when you, when you see the invisible, you see, like 15 years ago, we saw a crowd. I drove by here, I saw this theater. I so said, that'd be a great church one, right? And. We started looking for buildings. I had Mr. Mike and I and Zach and some other people. We were looking at places. And we went to a church and we kind of smelt it. We go, no, kind of funky, kind of funky smell up in here. And I remember Zach was like, Dad, I, I really believe we're supposed to have that here. So i go for it. And, and, and God just worked it out. I don't know any way to tell you. Even though we didn't see it, we, we were seeing in the visible. God, you're going to do something. When you believe what no one else can believe. You know, let me just end with this, and it's a personal story. When we went to Jennings, and I just got to go back to what God's done in my life. So if you've heard this story, God bless you. Bless your sweetheart. But I remember we we get to Jennings and we just needed faith. Because we didn't have a place. And I remember we got some land. And I remember the first time you know, we went it was three and a half acres on this, this land. And I was working for Pastor Jacob, going back and forth and ministering in schools and still traveling, going to different churches, speaking on Sundays, or during the week, red ribbon, blue ribbon, blood. Drug we weeks, doing Bible clubs and thirty-three different schools and four parishes, and, and trying to start a church. And I remember just looking, and, I, and we go, they take me out of this building, and, and the land, I go, this is it. And I called the lady who was over the finance. go, oh, Billy, how much money we got in the bank? She goes, eight hundred dollars. I mean, you know, that eight hundred dollars can't buy a hundred fifty thousand dollar piece of property. There you go. I like some of but I think. And I remember, and I called the people that owned it. They didn't want to go through it. I called them personally, and I said, and I, said I got a great deal for you. to what, what do you have? I said, man, the best deal you could do is you can give it to us. What? And I start explaining, you know, we're going to start church and taxes. And no, I'll tell you what. We'll take $50,000 off if you can raise $100,000 in six and a half weeks. So, okay. So I called everybody I knew. Are you hearing me? Everybody. Brother Francis Martin was a dear precious friend of mine in Lafayette. They were doing a a, a missions offering that Sunday. He wrote me a letter in the mail within the six weeks. He goes, hey, Bob, I just think about it. We took a missions offering. And I know we talked a couple weeks ago. We're just sending you the whole missions offering. It's $4,000. A friend of mine, they sold their land. He goes, we're going to tithe the land. They sent us $12,000. Then we had another guy send us $5,000. And then a 1000 My best friend, I'm going to give you a 1000 And that, all these different things. And then I got a call. And at this point, you know, we're, we've got about $33,000. And a friend of mine called me and said, hey, Baba, if you get he said, I'll do this. He says, I'll give you up to $50,000 matching funds if you raise $50,000. And we had 18 people in the church. I remember, because I counted. And if they were pregnant, they were counting funds. <laughs> And at the end of that moment, the last day, we got we got like hundred and there's a little over a hundred thousand. Kind of like the last, you know, the last day. I mean, you know, God's God's never late, but he's on time. And if people put a timeline, that might not be God's timeline, God has something different. Amen. Amen. And I remember Pastor Jacob called me, and said, Well, man of God, how'd it go? I said, Pastor, we got the lamb, we got everything else. But I said, Shard, he goes, What are you shard on? He goes, Man, I, we got all the land, we got the buildings, but I need to buy sound equipment, all this stuff. And you know, we had enough, we had bought chairs, and it was like $9,000 for chairs and all this stuff. And he goes, Well, man of God, he goes, If you asked everybody, and I go, Man, Pastor, I've asked everybody. He said, No, you hadn't. I go, Pastor, who haven't I asked? I never forget because yeah, he hadn't asked me. I go, Pastor Jacob, will you give us something? I yeah. got, I know a hint. Man of God, what do y'all need? I said, probably we need about about thirty-two thousand dollars just to get everything else we have on the list and do service, and we'll be we walk in debt free. He said, you got it, Man of God, honey. You know what the crazy thing is? When he gave that $32,000, they were trying to raise $3 million for their building in Brusso. And it spoke volumes to me. That my pastor loved me, believed in me, and he was generous. Are you hearing me? And I've learned this. You know, pastor, what are you saying, honor? You've got to have a heart. It's always open. God. I got more stories I can tell you, about, but I'm not going to keep you. But I'm just telling you that story because God is faithful. God's faithful, and I never forget. We doubled our attendance the first Sunday we opened up, and then right now, as I talked about the Jennings campus, people get saved. Last two weeks ago, they had to add three rows. This past, I mean, they're just they're running out of room. And I like it. No more room in the end. Fix it. go to a second service in August. So we're excited. And, the, the are, and I just prophesied to you this, this morning, God's going to do greater things than he ever that you ever imagined in your own heart. right here in this region. Because you know what? This region, the symbol on your region, it's a harvest of rice. And I look at that and I think there's a great harvest. There are people that have gone before us that have prayed, that have cried out to God. There are people that have prayed for this era, They've prayed for revival. They're praying for Pentecost at any cost. There are people that have, that have maybe not have seen the promises, but they've prayed before. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And I believe that we're just going to usher in a great harvest. It's not because of who we are. It's because of who our God is. And what he's able to do, he's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above what we think and what we ask. So, can I pray for you this morning? And maybe you're in a place in your own life, and you go, "You know what, Pastor Bob, I felt like giving up. I, I mean, my heart has been hard. I, I just, I allow things to block my view of my heart and really what my heart is, where it's been." going your head mean, and close your eyes. I want to pray for you this morning. Maybe you're here this morning. You go, Pastor Baba. I know that my heart is not at the right place that it needs to be, but I want my heart. I want a heart change. I want to give my whole heart to Jesus. Let me just encourage you. Don't look around. If you want all of God, you have to be willing to give up of you and lay all of you down. Because the Bible says that one day, one day, the Bible says, if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my father. Now's not a time to deny her. Now's a time to craft, God, I need you. I don't believe we're living in the last days. I believe we're living in the last moments. I believe that in, right now is a time where people are going to, we're going to have the greatest revival we've ever had in our country. I believe that with all my heart. Because what happens when you bring oppression upon people that have known freedom and that know, yet yeah, has tradition of God and is establishing, I believe God loves to give us another chance. And I believe our greatest days are ahead of us, as Americans, but as Christians most of all. Are you hearing me? And if you need Jesus, you say, Pastor, that's me. Would you pray for me? You Say, I want to receive Jesus with all my heart. If that, you just raise your hand and you thank you. You put it down. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, you. thank you. anyone else. Thank you. Put it down. Anyone else? Say, Pastor, brother, I need. I know that I know that I need to get my thank you in the back. Put it down. Thank you. Thank you in the back. Thank you. anyone else. Just want to pray for you raise your hands, all of us, can we just pray this prayer together for those that have raised their hand? Probably about eight or nine people that have raised their hand this morning. This is the greatest decision you'll ever make. to trust God with your whole heart. And the Bible says when you do that, the Bible says we confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins, but here's the best part. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That means that God, it's like you start with a new slave. The slate has been made clean because of the blood. Jesus' blood that was shed for you and I. It's applied to our lives. It washes us clean as though it never have justified. It means just as if it never took place. So we pray this prayer with me, everyone. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you. Now pray with me. I come to you. Forgive me of my many sins, of my hardness of heart, my pride, my stubbornness. Forgive me. I ask you. Come into my heart. I believe you died for me. You rose from the grave. For me. As a demonstration of your love. You died for me. And now today. I died in myself. I died in my pride. I died in religion. And I give my heart all my to you I love you Jesus because you first loved me in Jesus name